Hello and welcome to Teens Talk Sex Ed, a podcast where teens talk real sex ed, share stories of being peer educators, and answer the burning questions you don't want to ask your parents. All of the the podcast hosts are members of Planned Parenthood's Teen Council, a program where high school students learn all about sex education and teach in middle school and high school classrooms around the city. Let's talk about sex ed, baby. Hi, I'm Liza. I'll be your host today. I use she, her pronouns, and this is my first year in teen council. Hi, I'm Natalie. I use she, her pronouns, and this is my third year of teen council. Hi, my name is Abby. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a junior, and this is my first year in teen council. Cool. Okay. Um, so today we're going to be talking about consent. So what is commit? Consent, sorry. What does consent mean to you guys? Yeah, I think really, like, to put it in a very simple way, for me, it just means to allow something, whether that be, like, someone can look something up on my phone, or, like, someone can give me a hug, but also, like, in sexual scenarios, I think that's where consent, you see consent really in all of those um, things. Uh, I think consent is giving someone permission to do something. So we're going to talk about in sexual scenarios, but also realize that consent is a concept that you can apply to lots of areas of life. Okay. Yeah. So um, all those things mean consent. Um, And today we're going to be talking about sexual consent specifically. So in classrooms, we actually use the an acronym for teaching consent, and that acronym is FRIES, um, and it goes like this. So the F stands for freely given, and that means that neither person is under the influence or has been pressured to say yes. So under the influence basically just means um, that neither person in the um, situation is drunk or high Um, and then pressured to say yes um, that just means that no one um, yeah has been pressured to say yes so an example of this is when um, uh, maybe an an employee in their supervisor um, a supervisor is pressuring their employee to um, engage in sexual relations um, with them, Um, uh, yeah, possibly for work or, like, yeah, um, and using, like, manipulating them and using their job as um, a reason that they have to engage in sexual relationship, in sexual, sorry, I can't speak, um, sexual relations with their boss. Um, And actually, so if someone is under 18, it is illegal to have sexual relations with their boss or supervisor. Um, Yeah, just because they could manipulate that relationship. And um, for people over 18, uh, with um, in a workplace, engaging in sexual relations, it is legal um, between an employee and supervisor, but um, uh, yeah, just making sure that um, no one is pressured to say yes, because that can be, um, there can still be a lot of, there can still be manipulating in that relationship. Okay, so that's F, that's freely given. The next part of the acronym is R for reversible. 
And reversible means that in consent, anyone can change their mind at any time. So consent isn't something that you get once and then you're done with for the rest of the sexual activity. Sex should be a process, so people should be checking in with each other and making sure that everyone is okay with what's going on. Yeah, so next we have I, which is informed. Um, so with this part of consent, this means that both people know what they're consenting to and understand the potential outcomes. Um, so um, to start off with people knowing what they're consenting to, I think, again, we just with consent, you need to keep in mind that although someone is consenting to one um, particular sexual act, that doesn't mean they are to another. And so I think having open communication in whatever relation you're, you're having um, is really important to make sure that everyone is informed about what is happening. Um, and so we also wanna make sure with consent that everyone understands the potential outcomes. So this could be STDs or STI, sexually transmitted infections, um, pregnancy, as well as age of consent laws. And so each state has different laws of consent, but here in Alaska, the age of consent is 16. So if one person is under 16 and has over a three years age of dis age difference with another person, um, they can therefore not legally consent. So that is informed. Yeah, and then the E stands for enthusiastic. So Enthusiastic just means that both people are clearly saying yes with either their words, body language, and tone or tone. Um, yeah, and it just means that both people are into what's happening sexually. Great, and the S stands for specific. So consent of one thing does not equal consent of another thing. One example is that someone should, when, when giving consent, someone should ask like what the other person wants or if something is okay rather than um, asking just a general question. And so yeah, just so some of you, that is fries, freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. Okay, so yeah, that's fries. Thanks, Natalie. Now we're gonna talk about some specific examples or scenarios um, where uh, people are either giving or getting consent um, that and their anonymous questions that we've gotten um, from listeners like you or um, just people that we've or students that we've taught to over our many years um, of teaching at middle schools in Anchorage. Yeah. Abby, do you want to start the first one? Yeah. Thanks for that intro, Liza. So um, our first anonymous question we have is, what if someone gives a verbal yes, but their body language is weird? Um, so I think when looking at this question, like think about fries for a minute. And I think the first thing that pops up for me is E, enthusiastic. Um, so I think with this person, although they said um, yes to whatever you're doing, their body language, you said it's weird. Um, so that to me sets off that they're not enthusiastic about what's happening. They're not into it. And I think also we have to look back to are reversible. So although someone may say yes at one time, they may change their mind. And if their body language is weird, that probably signifies that they're not okay with what's happening. 
Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I also think, so if they're, uh, if they verbally say yes, um, but they have contrasting body language that might not um, reflect what they said, um, it can maybe show that they might have felt pressured to say yes, or um, uh, yeah, they might feel like they had to say yes, even though they um, don't really want to. And so that's why it's just really important to um, make sure that there is clear communication. And if you, um, and if someone is like, and if that is a situation, it's important um, for both people to check in with each other and really see if that they really mean that they are um, consenting to that situation for that activity. Yeah, Liza gives some good advice on what to do in that situation. And my immediate thought, right, is that if someone's body language doesn't match their words, that's a good time to check in further um, what Liza said. But more to be like more specific, that means like asking questions like, are you sure? Or you seem hesitant, is everything okay? Totally, yeah. Okay, so our next anonymous question is, what if someone gives good and enthusiastic body language while one, one person is age 15 and the other is age 19? Okay, so the first part is the good and enthusiastic body language. So that's the opposite of what our previous anonymous question is. And that shows that both people um, are enthusiastic about the situation and they both want to engage in the activity. Um, so that's great. And that is showing consent. However, um, the age difference is... Um, the most important part of the situation because based off of the consent laws in Alaska, um, the person that is 15 cannot legally give consent to the person that is age 19. Um, and so the situation would not be consent and um, they would not want to engage in the sexual activity because it is actually illegal. We always put it as legality is the first bar you have to meet, and then you check all the others. So if something isn't legally consent, you can't even look at fries, right? It's just not consent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's yeah. why it's really important um, to know the laws of consent in Alaska or whatever state you are in. Um, yeah, because that's the most important part. Okay. So the next question is from Anonymous, and they say, what if someone sent a nude photo to someone else, and then when they met up, the person that said that nude photo said, I guess so, and had closed body language when they were asked if they wanted to have sex? Okay, there's a lot of parts to this question. Um, I think we should first talk a little bit about nude photos for minors, and then talk a little bit about like the hesitancy and closed body language. Does one of you guys want to cover nude photos in Alaska first? Yeah, so with nude photos, um, I would, if you're a minor, um, then that means you cannot legally send nude photos because that does count as um, child pornography. So if you're a minor, you really need to be careful with those laws and really just not send nude photos because that is not legal. Um, so yeah, now, was there anything else you wanted me to cover with that? That was perfect. Yeah. Realize that sending nudes under 18 is illegal. 
lots of people still make that choice, know that it's illegal. Um, but then the other half of this, right, is that does like does that nude count as consent? Um, and so we're gonna take a strong no here, right? It doesn't mean that there can't be consent later, but just someone sending someone else a nude photo, we don't know what they're consenting to. It isn't specific. It isn't asking a question or receiving an answer. Um, so we're missing a lot of parts of consent. And then the second half of this question is about closed body language and the other person being hesitant, right? They're not giving enthusiastic yes. They're saying, I guess so. Uh, Liza, do you want to address this part? Yeah, totally. So um, the I guess so, going back to our fries, um, the I guess so is... Um, showing that it's not really enthusiastic there. Um, the person that's saying, I guess so, um, clearly is not very, um, just is not interested in this um, in situation um, because if they were, then they would be saying not, I guess so, because I guess so is kind of hesitant. Um, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, and then also the body language, um, that's also not showing um, consent either because the fact that it's closed body language also shows that they are not enthusiastic about the situation and um, they aren't really interested in engaging in sexual relations with the other person. Um, so something I just like, I think when thinking about this moment is that um, that person who sent the nude photo, when they sent it, they may have felt sexual um, or that, you know, like they just wanted you to have that photo, but that doesn't tr later transfer them um, to wanting to have sex with you because um, consent really is moment to moment. And um, yeah, so I think that's just like something to keep in mind here. Yeah. Um, I'm adding that. Oh, go ahead, Liza. Yeah, I wanted to add something. I think um, nude photos can be interpreted differently by everyone. Um, for one person, it can mean that they're giving consent and to everything, and that they that they're really interested and enthusiastic enthusiastic about engaging in sexual relations with someone um, or just having sex. That's kind of a uh, fancy, yeah, unnecessarily <laughs> formal way of saying it. Um, or for another person, it's just that they want to share that photo with someone and it doesn't mean anything at all. Um, so that just really shows um, why it's so important that there's clear communication. Um, and so in this situation, it's, I mean, it's good that the other person asked, um, uh, asked for consent, um, but in this situation, it didn't mean that the person who sent the photo um, was giving consent, and so that just shows why um, it's so important that, th that there needs to be clear communication throughout the entire process. Yeah, thanks, Liza. Thank you guys for adding so much to that, too. Cool. Yeah. So those are all of our anonymous questions. Um, thank you so much for sending them in if you did. And if you have more, you can send them to Anchorage Teen Council at gmail.com. Okay. So one of the things that I think about all the time is we, we've taught consent for like literal years. And it also still is really difficult to apply in someone's life. 
So what I want to talk a little bit about is someone might know fries, they might have had received consent training from their school, work, whatever, um, and still not feel confident speaking up in a sexual situation, right? Like I know so many people who have been in a situation that was in a gray area of consent. Like they felt uncomfortable. They didn't feel like the other person was checking in enough. Um, and like, what can we do when we're in gray situations or how can people better advocate for themselves and actually feel able to use fries and to use the stuff in this lesson? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think first of all, just like communication, um, ask the questions that you want to know, like ask about um, their sexual histories. If you're worried about things like STIs, ask that person um, and like know the laws, again, like this goes with communication, like know the laws around um, having consensual sex and um, the laws around consent. Yeah, I want to add something. So also, I think it's important to keep in mind that um, people always have the right to change their minds or slow down. Um, and so ways to say that um, are, I want to slow down or stop, or let's talk for a moment. I think a lot of people, um, when they start engaging in sex or other sexual activities, they think that they have to go through through with it or um, that they that they don't want to be rude or yeah, that even though they're feeling uncomfortable. And so um, people, it's just so important to keep in mind that like you always have the right to slow down and like do not worry about being rude to other people because, you know, you're taking care of yourself and that's the most important bit. Yeah, I think what we have here next is just like normalize talking about sex with your partner. Like have those conversations that I think you might think are awkward, but like just have them. Like I think that's what will make them less awkward and really just um, make your experiences with sex and consent so much better. The other thing I think about is education and knowledge is so much power. So the first step is knowing all of this stuff. And the second thing is just doing it. Like we can talk about normalized talking about sex and feel empowered to say no or slow down. And then the most important thing that will make someone feel good about doing that is literally just doing it. Yeah, exactly. I love this conversation. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, in addition to advocating for yourself, I also think, like, I've been helped so much by, like, strong people who were champions of consent. And so uh, I also wonder if we could talk a little bit what it looks like to advocate for other people. Um, well, it's really important to advocate yourself and know ways to advocate for yourself. Um, and on the same thing, um, it's also important to advocate for others and to know how to do that. Um, because then it really opens up a space where everyone can um, seek and give consent and have clear communication. So what are ways that um, you might advocate for others? Yeah, so first of all, I think you need to think about the ways that you might seek consent and like think about how that would um, translate to another person and like how that gives just really perspective con to consent. So I think one way is to identify ways to grace gracefully accept no. Like if you know how you might 
seek consent um, or maybe you're not seeking consent because you don't want to be in that sexual scenario, um, then you also need to be able to um, uh, take the answer no and not get mad and recognize where that person is coming from. Um, so I think although you might know your own boundaries, respect other people's when it comes to consenting to a sexual act. Yeah, I really love that, especially as consent educators. Like the easiest way to create a better culture of consent is by literally being the change you wish to see in the world. So like check in with yourself. Think about how well you communicate in sexual situations and make sure you're respecting other people. Uh, what about like if someone is a bystander and they're seeing a situation that is sketchy? or like they don't feel like there's a lot of consent in the situation, what should they do? Mm -hmm, yeah, so I think like if you see someone that does need help, um, like what you were saying, like be the action that you, in the change that you want to see. So do something about it, like pull that person aside um, and make sure that they're safe and like they know what's happening and what they're doing. So for instance, you could say here, like come to the bathroom with me um, or something just like that. And um, I think that really just goes along with making sure, like just really just creating this culture of consent that you want to see in our world. Yeah, so just remembering that the absence of a no does not equal a yes. And so if you um, or you see someone else in a situation where they not, might not be exactly saying no or they might not be um, like, um, I'm trying to think of a situation, like they might not uh, like be totally against the situation, but you can also see like either they're under the influence or um, they just do not, they don't want to be in that situation, but they don't know how to express it. Just recognizing that, 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 um, that the absence of a no does not equal a yes. And um, by going to help them, or um, if you, if someone else, um, if you are in a situation with someone else and they haven't said no, but they also haven't said yes, it's um, making sure that there's clear communication and that um, you understand uh, that the absence of a no does not equal a yes. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, and then just overall having conversations with friends about seeking consent um, and yeah, just normalizing the conversation. And even though it might be awkward, it might be weird at first, in the long run, that is, that is what's going to make um, bad situations. It's going to stop bad situations from um, occurring and making sure that everyone is safe and everyone is clearly communicating. Um, and so just having those conversations with people and, um, making it normalizing the conversation yeah and so do any of you have anything to add for those that was such a perfect wrap-up I honestly don't think I do just keep talking about sex keep talking about consent yeah I like I feel like we say like communicate and like normalize the conversation so much in here but really if um we cannot say enough is the thing to do yeah, like, yeah. Really, if you want to see a better culture of consent, start talking about it. 
Speaking of normalizing conversations, tune in next week where we're going to have a more in-depth discussion about consent culture itself, the media, and what we can do about it. All right. Yes. Make sure you tune in for that. And then thanks for tuning in to this episode of Teens Talk Sex Ed. And remember, you can always send in questions to Anchorage Teen Council at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at Ank Teen Council. That's A-N-C Teen Council. Let's talk about sex ed, baby.